Welcome to the Paired Away Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Oliver, here with Dane Lee. Uh, today's going to be a primarily business-focused podcast. Um, so we got a question um, a while back that was, what was the best piece of business advice? Is that what it was? Yep. Um, <clears throat> so that's what kind of spurred this. And then I've had people reach out uh, through some of my stories and ask things about business or, you know, whatever minor things. Um so I'll go over a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm going to go pretty deep into some things here. I'm going to give some advice. If you don't want to listen to me, that's fine. I mean, I don't know what million we're on now of revenue. I don't fucking know. Um, you know, and in my lifetime, I mean, I've made a lot of money doing this. But hey, don't don't listen to me. It's fine. You know, go, go listen to your gurus. I'm, I get it. I'm not a billionaire. Um, I'm just some person that came from literally no nothing, no opportunity. Um and tanked my fucking credit and was out on my own at 18 and somehow I survived. I don't know. Build a business. But you don't have an ebook. Revenue growth. Pandemic couldn't fucking stop us. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, I might know a thing or two sometimes. Um, and in the grand scheme of things, I still don't know shit. And that's why I have business mentors that help me. So, um, I'm going to kind of break some things down as far as like advice that I got, uh, in the beginning, especially, well, I'll go in the beginning what I got and then things I've been getting lately as we're diving deeper into stuff mm -hmm. and things that continuously become reiterated to me by people who make, you know, 10, 20 times what we do in a year. Right. Um, so a lot of the advice I'm going to give, it's not some, I didn't, you know, I didn't get it from some guru online. I didn't listen to some motivational, uh, whatever podcast or, um, you know, watch a video or something and get this stuff. This is from people on the ground. Um, and when I say on the ground, they are CEOs, um, of their companies and, you know, these guys, some of them do you know, millions of dollars in revenue a year. Some are tens of millions of dollars of revenue a year. Um, they're not huge companies. I don't talk to the CEO of Apple or anything, uh, unfortunately. No. Elon Musk is not in my phone. So, um, but I promise you, like these guys, some of them, you know, went to school for business. Some of them are, um, I shouldn't say guys and girls um, <clears throat> and women, Uh some went to school for business, some are entrepreneurs, some are uh, generational business owners, meaning like their grandparents started a business, their dad started a business, their something started a business, mm -hmm. and they haven't ran it into the ground yet, so <laughs> they must have learned something. Doing something so, right. Um, you know, cutting all the ranting out real quick. In the beginning, I think the best piece of advice I got from someone was a, a guy that was closing his gym, all right? And he had been through the whole thing. He had been a trainer. Um, he had worked his way to owning a gym. He was one of two or three owners that owned um, this gym. And they were trying to compete with a lo local commercial gym. He had a very high clientele list mm. and high net worth clientele list. So um, I think his in-person training was something like $150 an hour. Um, his programming, I, I couldn't be sure but i'm guessing he's not cheap mm -hmm. um he was someone that people knew 
and people respected. He was uh, um, an MPC judge. You know what I mean? So like he had access to a lot of bodybuilders. He knew the game in and out. Mm -hmm. Smart business guy. Um, As he's closing down and we're looking at his equipment, you know, I start picking his brain like, well, what, you know, not with being an asshole, like, hey, what what went wrong? Yeah, but you know, what but just like, hey, like, I just opened my gym a couple months ago. Like, what what kind of advice do you have? And his biggest thing was to um, <clears throat> stay small as long as you can mm-hmm. and keep your overhead low. Because that was one mistake that they made is they went into a big warehouse space, but the front of it was retail. So they were paying a higher expense. You pay a higher expense for retail space versus warehouse space. So they were paying a higher expense and their overhead was just too high in an area that's highly saturated for gyms. Too many owners. So the pie is getting split way too many ways. Um, and I'm sure there was some not seeing eye to eye on some things. Their gym was fucking awesome. I had actually never, I had heard of it, but I'd never been in it. Um, it was primarily a training gym, but their gym was sweet. I mean, it was like everything you could imagine. It was a big playground, but their problem was they had no reputable coaches besides him that were coaching there. So what happens is you get this high overhead gym memberships in a way, and I can go over these different models. Gym memberships in a way aren't going to really do a lot for you. They, they, they do and they don't. You need volume. If you want to make money off of gym memberships, you need a lot of volume, um, for where they were at and what they were doing. And then trying to be training focused, they were in way too big of a space to be that type of gym without having one being a bigger area with higher net worth, people, people willing to pay more money to train or to adjust it so they were bringing in <clears throat> they were bringing in more gym memberships or have better coaches so they did more training right it's got mm-hmm. something's got to give and i think they tried to run classes and they they had a full olympic setup i mean they they had like a crossfit rig up they had a massive like i want to see you could probably sprint i mean it had to be 50 yards of turf whoa okay. I, it was fucking huge this building was massive right um I know they could clock 40s in there, like legit 40s, because yeah. uh, a guy that went to the NFL that I went to high school with clocked his 40 in there, um, and he like posted about it or whatever. Okay. So I know they they are plenty long enough for that. Um, so you're in a space that's too big, and you're trying to create these revenues out of nothing. When you have no reputable coaches, you don't have any flow. Right. Right. So you're relying on gym memberships. And as I said, we're not in an area for gym memberships necessarily, especially back then. Fitness has evolved in the last seven, eight years. Everyone wants to go to the gym. Everyone wants to work out. So it seems right. Mm -hmm. It's a popular thing amongst amongst younger people. Um, Years ago, and it wasn't long before this, you were kind of like smirked at sometimes by people. If you posted about going to the gym. Yeah. I remember going out you know, at night and I had posted that I went to the gym and people kind of giving me shit like, Oh, you went to the gym today? Or, you know, we would, I was in this group. So we'd do like little dumb, like flex pictures, like, Oh, got it done today or some bullshit, Mm -hmm. you know, like, 
and people would see that because back then you could just almost openly see anything on Facebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it was Facebook back then. And, you know, it'd be like, they would comment, on, oh, like saw your whatever tricep flex today. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Almost like you were a douchebag if you went to the gym. Yeah, I you know what that. I mean? And a lot of people don't understand, especially the younger crowd, like fitness wasn't cool, you know, even seven, eight years ago. It wasn't like... Right. I mean, athletes still did it. People that cared actually still did it, but it wasn't like some cool thing where everyone worked out and, um, it was just a different, I mean, even seven, eight years ago, it was a different time, but anyway, so that, you know, they don't have that flow. So that fucked them in the end because they went too big too soon, probably Mm -hmm. too many owners split in the pie. And it just eats away at your profits. So at some point, it's just not worth that hassle. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think he was educated. I forget exactly what it was. Um, I want to say he was, uh, don't quote me on it. He might have been a, a physician's assistant. Like, I mean, so he had, like, backing. He could yeah. just go do that and he'd be fine. You know? Um, or maybe it was, a, it was something. Nurse practitioner. He okay. was something like that. Um, in the medical field. But it goes to show, like, guy with this highly educated, he was smart, mm-hmm. and it didn't work out, right? So there's no guarantees with that, all right? Um, I don't want to run into anything you're going to say, so you can cut me off at any point. No, you're good. Um, second piece of advice that I've ever... We're going to stick on the advice side, so if anyone's kind of following along here we're gonna stick on advice and i'll get into some other stuff second piece of advice i've gotten um is take care of your people and give value because it creates loyalty if you do that let me explain that so not only take care of your people if you're an employer it is smart to take care of your people it is smart to take care of your um your employees, right? Anyone you relate, you work with, you know, it's, you know, give away the house, but you need to make sure you're there for the employees and actually show that you give a shit about your employees. Um, yes, there's going to be certain situations where there's going to be a, this is our bottom line. You know, like can't give you any more money or I'm sorry. Like I, you know, you've used up those that time off, I cannot give you time off right now because if you do, the productivity goes down and our company goes mm-hmm. down and, you know, things happen, right? Um, you know, me personally, I have contractors in the gym. So, uh, but as any of you guys can attest to, um, I am beyond uh, giving. Like, I, I pay the best rate of any gym around here by far. 20, 25% above any gym. Mm-hmm. I haven't found anybody that matches me. Maybe there is. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get into specific numbers, but like rent that people pay me that have been around a long time. It's, it's not a lot. This guy, I can attest to that. <laughs> well, um, I could take a lot more out of this place than I do, mm-hmm. but I would rather see one, the people in here stay loyal to, the gym, mm-hmm. us work cohesively, and everybody grows. And I've said this. You've heard me say this a million times. Like, guys, jump on my back. We're going up the mountain. We're going to go, you know. Yeah. And a lot of motherfuckers haven't lasted. 
there's a lot of people that didn't fucking last because they couldn't hack it. And we'll get into that later. Um, but one, you know, like I said, take care of your people. On the give value, whatever you're doing, you have to create value, right? So value for your customers, value for uh, your product, you know, what, whatever you're selling, mm-hmm. your service, um, you have to create value. And when you create value, people accept that value. And yes, there's a monetary exchange usually to that, but also it creates personability between you and the customer, right? Okay. And I can't be, and you know how it is, like you can't be 100% personable with everybody all the time. Right. It, it does not work that way. You only have so much time on your day, brain capacity, yep. you know, all that to handle <laughs> it. Um, but you have to be able to talk to people. Like, again, um, a lot of people have noticed I am different when I'm competing versus not. Well, yeah. Well, no shit. Because my time when I'm competing is ate up by intense workouts, more sleep, more food, you know, and I'm really dialed in, Mm -hmm. right? So my capacity for everything else is very low, right? Right. Um, Which we'll get into that a little bit later too. But um, so when my capacity for more is up, and people know this about me that I've been around a long time, Mm. is there are times that I will... Uh, talk to you beyond just being a coach. You know what I mean? And I will find out little details about their life or, you know, banter back and forth, mm-hmm. you know, if it's online training or whatever in person and have those conversations about whatever the hell we feel like talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a time where I'll go silent and I'm just working. Right. And I just don't have time. Right. But when you're creating value, not only monetarily and putting out a good service, obviously, and you're showing that you care about people and you're in, you know, especially this fitness industry for the right reasons. And pretty much every company um, can give that kind of value in some way. For example, I called um, the people that did our floor, our floor needs redone, right? Hmm. and a uh, lady was real nice over the phone. She said, yeah, we'll get someone out there. We'll take pictures and all that stuff, right? Guy came out real friendly, took pictures, you know, and it was like streamlined and everyone's friendly and everyone's been nice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like when you deal with companies like that, there's like that personal relationship. So like I'm very loyal to people and very loyal to companies that if like I've used them before and I've had a good experience, I will continue to come back and use them as long as I've been treated right. You fuck me over and you are done. Like I will cut, I won't even remember you exist. I might even talk shit about you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, and I, and I, I look at it from a different lens. Like I really try to see like their side of things. So, you know, some stuff just happens. Yeah. Um, but every service doesn't, or industry, it doesn't matter what it is. I don't care if you're a plumber and you're going into someone's house to f- fix some pipes, put in a new hot water tank, whatever, like you can still be personable. You can still try to find, you know what? Dumb shit. You, you put in someone's water heater or something. And you know, I'm not saying you need to give them discounts, but you slide someone like, Hey, like, uh, you know, that took a little less time and they don't know any better. Maybe you're upcharging. who knows, you know, but like you, you, Hey, that took a little less time to knock $50 off what I quoted you. 
you know, that like could, that. that can go a long way. And some people look at it as like, well, then you're eating into your profits. Maybe. But what if their sink needs installed and they don't know how to you're do the it? the person they come back what to. What if they, their bathtub need a new one? You know what I mean? Like all these things start happening right. in their home. What if that person, you didn't know that you walked into their house? What if they're an investor? They own 30 homes or apartment complexes right. or duplexes. And then all of a sudden you're their go-to plumber maintenance guy. How many jobs do you get out of that? Right. You know, do a good job, give them a good deal. Yeah. So, um, the other side of that, you know, we kind of roll right into this one is don't burn a bridge. All right. I've had people say to me flat out when I've said that to them, you know, in an argument, what the fuck am I ever going to need from you? Oh. <laughs> and guess what? There's been people that have came back and needed something from me, and I don't even answer them. You don't get an email back. You don't get a, a phone call back. You don't get shit back when you act that way. Mm-hmm. And the more bridges you burn, guess what? It gets around. People don't want to fucking work with you. Right. You know? um, so that's another one. Like, you might not think that you'll ever need something from that person or that company. I've seen it a lot. Even if you don't go back and get something from them, word of mouth, it goes mm-hmm. both ways. Yeah. So, you know, you might part ways with somebody, but you do it in a friendly, professional way. You don't yeah. burn that bridge. And, you know, someone else might come along and say to you, like, hey, I'm looking for blank. And you're like, well, I don't work with this person anymore, yeah. but I know they used to do this. You could go contact well, them. And so many people have burned bridges, like, with me that it's just, you don't exist anymore. You know, and mm-hmm. I can think of, you know, one company that we were looking to buy them out and they had burned that bridge with me. Mm-hmm. Guess what? My buyout offer, like, was low as fuck because I think you're a shitty company and I'm going to offer something really, really low for it. I'm not going to give you anything. We're mm-hmm. not friends. Like, we're not buddies. You burned that. Right. Because I could have gladly integrated and figured something out and took and bought your business from you. Mm-hmm. So, um, and there's a, there's a lot, uh, people that have kind of burned bridges and they come back and they need a place to train their people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny how that works. Right. Um, Oh, burping. And then kind of the, uh, is this, oh, are you just pushing um, that up? Oh, I thought I was supposed to read that. Nope. Um, I think one big thing too is, and this is probably the last one I'll give out until, uh, I was told to me until I get kind of into some of my own stuff. Um, same guy's told me it twice, and it's no people's why, right? Oh, that's a good one. So when someone is buying a service from you, coming to you for help, you know, whatever they might need, why are they doing that? What's What are they gaining from it? What's their reasoning? 
You know what I mean? So this can go a lot of different ways. I mm-hmm. mean, it can be positive, negative, whatever. Right. Um, and you have to understand, like, if you're selling a certain product, it's not necessarily about convincing that person that they absolutely need it. It's wondering if they're taking the step to come to you, why are they coming to you? Like what's, what's the motive behind that? Cause yeah. everyone is going to be different. Right. And me, like I'm very, 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 very good at sales. If you sit in front of me and we have a conversation, you're going to sign up for something. I, I guarantee it. I, and I know this because I track my progress on that and I mm-hmm. hardly ever, you know, online because some of you people think that, uh, you know, I'm not famous enough or I'm not whatever. I don't fucking know what your excuse is. It's kind of funny. But if you sit down in front of me, I don't ever really miss out on gaining clients because I can show them the path. Members, I can show you the path if we want to mm-hmm. talk about that. I will show you the path. Not like I'm not going to car salesman pitch you and you know, try to like swindle yeah. you, nothing. I'm going to show you the path of exactly how we're going to do this and how you're going to get better. Right. And when you're selling something to someone, I don't give a shit what it is. There's got to be a, a, a reason they have came to you for this service. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just like, damn, my, this thing needs fixed, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's just the way it's going to be. Right. Mm-hmm. But why do they come back to you? You know what I mean? Right. Um, but what were you going to say? I was going to say, um, for the people that end up reaching out to you online, you should just be like, we can do a virtual consult if you want. Mm-hmm. And that way you get them, you know, quote unquote, in front of you. And you're like, this yeah. is the only way we're going to talk about this. You want to know my prices? We'll yeah. set up, you know, some kind of like FaceTime or Zoom meeting. And then we can talk about pricing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so it's something that, like, it it comes not only with reading people, but then also asking, like, questions. You know what I mean? Um, You very rarely find, in this field, you're not going to really find some, maybe for a gym membership, but you're not going to really find a lot of people that just come in for training and just like, yeah, I know I want to do this. All right, let's sign up. Uh, like you know what I mean? Yeah, few and far between. So, um, and you have to like, I have a couple clients this way now that have came in. Like, some of them, their why is because now it they have to, their health is deteriorated. Yeah, and they have to. Um, you know, my competitors, everyone has a reason they're competing, and everyone's is different. Mm-hmm. You know, um, some it's driving them, some it's an outlet, some it's, you know, running from whatever issues they might have in their life. So they don't have to fucking deal with them in that moment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, some people just enjoy it. Some people it's goal setting. You know, it's just, it's so many different things. Right. Um, so that's, that's kind of a big one. And like I said, there's, there's a lot of different ways that you can go, you can go about it, but um, it's never so simple as to, cause people think of like, well, a person came to you for training. It's because 
they want training. They want to get healthier, or let's just use that as an example. But why? And why Why are they coming to me for it? Right. Because a lot of people hate training. Yeah. They don't want to do it. No. no. It's not like, hey, this is something I really enjoy and it's really fun. I'm going to pay you money to take me through something that I really have fun doing. No. No. Um, all right. Now, uh, I mean, do you, do you have any other advice that you got? I have a couple. So, um, yeah, so one of the best ones that I got was undercharge and over deliver. And it's kind of like what you were saying about, you know, creating value. And anytime that I'm working with somebody like that is a thought that goes through my head is I've got a set amount of time and they've paid me a certain amount of money. How do I make sure that they get their money's worth in that time? And it's not just based on time. It's not just, well, you paid for an hour, so you're getting an hour. Yeah. It's what can I do in that time frame? And every time, like, can I be a little better? Yeah. It's like last time I did, you know, this much of an effect. Can I at least offer what they paid for last time and maybe figure out something more? And that mindset is extremely helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, people notice it. They see it. There are often times that people will, like, uh, I have a discount for the members here at yeah. the gym. And I've had people, they'll come and pay. They're like, no, I want you to charge me full price. I was like, well, no, I mean, I, I offer the discount for the reason. Like, you're already paying for a gym membership. You're paying for team training. And they're like, no, you have a certain price because of what you offer, and you deserve to be paid that. To me, that's a huge compliment that I've offered enough value that they're like, no, 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 no. Discount aside, you deserve this. Yeah. Like, that proves something to me that I'm doing something right. Yeah. In that sense. And that's, again, coming back to the why factor mm-hmm. for some people, people is like, that's the, like the money's not, uh, they're not looking for the discount. You know what I mean? They're right. not looking for, they're doing this because they appreciate the service. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I've had people tell me that and I've had people that like beg for discounts. What I've noticed um, on that end is if you get known for kind of giving way to people's issues or, you know, whatever their moment is of needing a discount, all you know, mm-hmm. then it gets around and people just abuse it. Yeah. You know, you might, you might help that one person. It's like in a struggle. Um, if you can, you know, if you're at that point in your career where you can, mm-hmm. um, but then if you do it too much and people just think you're a pushover and they'll try to get away with it all the all time. Right. So, um, you gotta kind of be careful of that, uh, with the, you know, I would say like at some point too, like it comes back to also charge what you're worth. I'm sure like everyone's heard that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yes, but you have to tactfully know when to do that. You can't like, you can't come out yeah. in the beginning and be like, yeah, I'm a new trainer. Uh, I think I'm worth a hundred dollars an hour and uh, you know, you're going to get that cause you're not. No. You won't, you might get lucky with a person or two, but you won't get consistent clients that way. Hmm. Um, these people, you know, I see a lot of people come out and they're immediately up on a high tier cost. And it's like, maybe, you know, especially in the Instagram world where you just have a following and it doesn't, nothing else seems to matter anymore. Um, that, yeah. Okay. You come out and you're trying to match the market and all that, but there's gotta be some backing to it. You can't just blindly just throw out a number. Right. Right. Um, so, all right. Um, what was, uh, the other one? 
don't stop doing the work. This is actually something that mm. my platoon sergeant gave me. What, yeah. um, he So he told this one story. It was like, you should never not have the broom in your hand. Mm-hmm. And he's like, if I could walk in here and I see that the floor needs to be swept, I'm going to pick up that broom, despite the fact that I'm the highest ranking person in the room, and I'm going to start to do it. Yeah. And one of you better stand up and take that broom out of my hand. Yeah. Because his whole mindset was, it doesn't matter how much success you've had, like work still has to be done. Yep. Like you're never above doing the work. Um, and then it was also something that, you know, my dad had talked about where he watched all these businesses and they start off and they do really well because they're fully invested. And the goal for them is always get it to where they can just have this passive income and they can just go off and do whatever they want. And they do mm. it way too early. Yep. And they stop doing the work that got them to that point. Mm-hmm. And it's like you always have to be checking yourself. Like, yeah. yeah, you can enjoy it. Yeah, you can, you know, have these extra responsibilities as you move up the ladder. But when that base responsibility still has to be done, like you're not above that. That still needs yep. to happen. Yep. Um, you know, I, I know from you know, experience, like for a while we had enough coaches where everything was kind of getting divvied up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, some people were, you know, paid a little more to do a little more mm-hmm. um, as far as cleaning and stuff. But like if I walk in, like water fountain needs sprayed, I'm going to spray it down, take mm-hmm. trash out, take trash out, whatever. Uh, it wasn't like I automatically was just like, hey, you know, someone do this or whatever. Right. Uh, mopping floors takes a little bit longer, sweeping mopping. So it's like, okay, that I would like to delegate out. Mm-hmm. But when it would get bad, I would pick up a broom and do it myself. Right. You know, now like I'm back to like, you know, I, I do a lot of that. You do a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Lindsay does a lot of that. You know what I mean? And I don't think anybody's ever um, really like, oh, man, like that other person didn't do this. It's right. just we get shit done. Right. right. Does it need to happen? Yeah. Yes. All right. Do it. Could it be like, hey, we're all busy and it takes another day to get to? Yeah, sure. But it gets done, mm-hmm. you know, at some point. Um, that's, I'm going to touch on that a little bit too, cause that is kind of one of my, uh, other things. So, um, oops, my cord dragged. Uh, do you have, uh, do you have any other vice ones that you want to go over? Those are the big ones. Okay. I actually had written down, um, the stay as small as you can, as long as you can. Cause yeah. I remember we had talked about that one, Yeah. but, um, So, and I'm guilty of this one. Um, so I'm a lot of this advice coming now is coming from me. All right, uh, listen to it. Don't, don't listen to it. You know, do whatever you want with it. It's all right, especially in the beginning. You need to know the market you're in. You need to look at people. You need to see what everyone else is kind of doing. Um, get get a sense of like market pricing, actual marketing of what they're doing, you know, know your competition a little bit. That's fine. All right. And I'm guilty of it. I mean, I talked a lot of shit uh, and everyone knows that I talked a lot of shit and that's because I think, you know, and even to this day, I, I think that a lot of people aren't doing what they should be doing. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, but I don't really say anything anymore or pay attention because I'm so far above it now that I don't care. And mm-hmm. I don't care what anyone else is doing. Um, 
we're going to continue to do what we're doing because guess what? It works. Right. And it's working for us. So not really going to look around at what everyone else is doing, especially in, in the gym and fitness industry and all that. Like I can look at the 20 something gyms around here and try to emulate one of them. And it's not us. So I stay authentic to what we are, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and you can try to be like this gym, be like that gym. Um, but I, my advice is just focus on yourself. And once you've been in a while, you will kind of start looking around. You, you'll stop looking around. You won't really care anymore, especially for people that just aren't on your level. You won't really give a shit. Um, sure. There's going to be gyms around here. They're going to have more revenue. They're going to have more uh, members or whatever. They're going to be able to trade geriatrics. They're going to be able to train, you know, whoever. I don't know. You know, everybody can make money around here doing something somehow. Yeah. Um, it's not very hard. Like the general population for the most part doesn't even know what to look for. Um, but I'll know that we're doing things right. And I'll know that we run certain markets around here. And that's never going to change. That's uh, what we do. And good luck ever coming in between that. I mean, flat out. Um, so don't get caught up in, especially once you're in it for a while, don't get caught up in whatever else you're doing. Look at you. Take care of your in-house. If, if your bottom line's good, that's the point of business. Yep. You're doing all right. All right. Um you know, don't worry about them. Focus on your business, your income. Um, in when you start, I think one of the biggest things is like you want to come out the gate and like everyone wants to make a name for themselves and everyone wants to be like top dog and everyone wants to like, oh, I'm going to take over this business and this and that. I promise you now, and this will happen. Like, and it can happen to me. It can happen to anybody. If you come out and you come out overconfident and you start taking on big boys or you start talking shit about the wrong person, they will fucking crush you. And that's not internet popularity. That's money talking. Um, there's, there's gyms around here. I mean, that guys are worth a hundred million. You know, they got multiple businesses. Mm -hmm. They could crush the market if they really wanted to they could saturate the market you know they could open multiple gyms yeah and it's almost like unlimited funds now would that person necessarily do that not really because that'd be very very dumb to put all your eggs into that basket to right. attempt to do uh especially on the margins of gyms and everything else but um you you got to watch, and I see it all the time, like online, where people will say something about this person or say something about that person or whatever. Like, one, again, you're burning a bridge. Mm. You know? And trust me, I see shit all the time online that I, I have an opinion on. And I say, and you know, it stays between like me and Lindsay or something. Yeah. You know, um, or we've had conversations about stuff. Like, yeah. I don't really ever internet blast people, even though I want to. You know, there's plenty of opportunity. Yeah. There's pl plenty of chances to do that. Um, but that's just, it's petty. It's unprofessional. Um, there's really no room for it. And honestly, if you're making any, anything real, any kind of real money, you don't really give a fuck to do it anyway. 
think about that. Mm-hmm. Who does that? People that aren't people that are fucking broke or aren't making money. So they want to make a name for themselves, you know? So don't fall into that bullshit. Um, and I don't care what you're doing. Don't there's a, it's kind of like that old thing. There's, there's enough for everyone to go around now, secretly in your house, in your mind, think, yeah, I'm going to fucking kill all these people. Like I'm going to bury them in business. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't mean kill people, like actually murder people. I mean, I get, yeah. from a business standpoint, <laughs> like I'm going to take them all on and I'm going to win. Right. And if you, if you adopt that mindset, you're not necessarily ever going to just beat people. You don't know, you know what I mean? Um, you don't know what can happen. I'm not saying like be overly uh, optimistic that you're going to be top dog. But if you keep striving to be that way, probably one day you will be up there with mm-hmm. the top people. You know what I mean? In your area, in your industry, in your whatever, right? Um, know also where you're at. So there are fitness entrepreneurs that do it probably as God, probably as much as my gym does in revenue in like online template sales or whatever stuff is in their link in their bio. You know what I mean? Yep. These people have five, six million followers. They're making um very good incomes doing what they do, right? Some have earned it uh through whatever they've done. Some are very good marketers, some got you know knew the game mm-hmm. say, you know, um, know where like your niches or your spaces and drive it in. So if I wanted to get offline today, I will be fine in life. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to just shut down my Instagram, even the business Instagram, I would probably be fine. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't rely on one source like that. All right. Um, I use online as a scale. So you'll see if I pop online, I pop online for a little bit, you know, but I don't devote uh, an enormous amount of time to that. Um, I've done that and I do it in spurts and it works mm-hmm. and it helps. You know what I mean? Um, but I would rather spend that time worrying about one, my clients two my actual standalone business and then other ways to make money or other things I enjoy. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, so don't try to live the life is what, this is what I'm getting at. Don't try to live the life or the lifestyle of someone that has like a million followers, 2 million followers and think that like you're going to be there one day with your 5,000 followers or whatever you might, Good on you if you make it that far. Could happen. I know people with 40, 50,000 followers, and I've said this before, 40, 50,000 followers that have three or four clients can't get clients. Everyone will say, oh, man, your motivation or, oh, you look good or whatever. Can't get clients. There's people with 20, 30, 40,000 followers that can't get jobs in gyms because their reputation is garbage. Mm. All right. You can get an online following through anything nowadays. That guy doing like deadlifts on his skateboard, wearing chains and bands all attached to, you know what I mean? Yeah. That guy's, I don't even know how many he's got now. You know what I mean? So if you're entertaining in any way, if you're whatever in any, like you can start to build it. Um, 
I'm not saying it's easy because I know a lot of people that I see their content every day and they have a few thousand and I would rather see their shit over a lot of people's. I don't follow a lot of big famous accounts for that reason because you're not entertaining me. I don't put people on a pedestal like that and I've never have. Mm-hmm. My idol, uh, Barry Sanders, I was in the same room as him when I was 17 years old. All right. Part of it was we weren't allowed, we were not supposed to talk to him. But like at the same time, like I looked at him dead in his face and it's like, I didn't fucking idolize like, oh my God. Like, right. Start fanboy over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I've never done that. I'll never be the person that screams for some famous person. I don't pay attention to what famous people really do, to be honest. Um, and I don't really, you know what I mean? I don't put anyone up there like that. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So, um, Focus, like I said, if you if you focus on yourself, and, and you'll hear people say this all the time, and, and I'm going to say it too. If you intensely focus on yourself, I promise you, you will succeed somehow. Now, I'm talking like intense. Like, don't fucking get on your Instagram every 10 minutes. Don't worry about what the other people are doing. You know, when I was 25, 24, 25, I was watching people, uh, you know, making decent money, driving BMWs. Maybe they're buying their... Hell, a lot of my friends bought their first home at under 25 years old. You know, I bought my first home when I was uh, 30. So um, I drove a common car. I lived cheap in my apartment. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? For all intents and purposes, you probably thought, like, I thought I was a bum. You know, not a bum, bum, but you know what I mean? Like, I just lived fucking simple. Man, your friends are seem to be doing really well. And then there's you. Yeah. Like what happened? Like they're, you know, I remember the one guy, he, (laughs) it's a funny story. I got to tell this one guy comes up to me in the bar and yeah, we had known each other for probably close to 10 years in a way, like acquaintances, college and saw each other and, you know, mutual friends. We always saw each other at parties and stuff. And at one point he had offered me a job to come work for him. Okay. And he's like, man, I'm telling you like 80, 90 K isn't hard. Like, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you know, I made 110 in my first two years. Like, and that's where I'm kind of at right now. And I'm like, like, I mean, we're, we're young. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I'm like, damn, like, well, this is my dream is like, I want to train people. I want to, open a gym and you know all that but i was tempted real tempted to like oh yeah take him up on that right and fast forward a little bit i had uh gotten things together where i was like thinking about opening my own gym and i saw him out at the bar he's a little drunk and stuff and i said uh said yeah i, th- I think i'm gonna open a gym and he's like he like talked down to me in a way that i'd never heard from him before and it was like the first time someone really said some bullshit like this to me and he said something along the lines like oh no man look like i'll open the gym you come work for me i'll give you 50 percent of what you you make and everything he's like i used to run gyms in florida like i know the game and this and that right okay motherfucker so that drove me right there like you really think i like i'm beneath you like that Okay. Flash forward three years later, he didn't have that $110,000 job anymore. It was more like $50,000, $60,000 job. Um, and I have 
wildly surpassed him. Mm -hmm. So the same flashy guy at, you know, in our mid twenties, I mean, flashy's ain't so flashy anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and he doesn't make what he thought he was always going to make and, you know, all that stuff. So I stayed on my own path. I didn't divert off to go chase money. Mm-hmm. I stuck to my plan, right? Now, fast forward into opening a business. The big reason that, you know, I've been able to get where I've been able to get, and I'm by no means like, don't take this like I have fucking found the secret or I'm like top dog. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like I'm not, again, I'm not these million, $10 million a year guys. I'm not a billionaire, you know. But I found a way to win, and I always do, right? And what I mean by that is like, maybe not win fucking first place coach of the year yeah bro making the most out of it no like not that that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about from my situation i always find a way to win all right um and i'll tell you now that if you're a real entrepreneur what happens is like a real entrepreneur you get hit you know you fucking come down you you take a step back whatever the hell word you want to say and um when that happens you know you're going to be all right because you know you, right? Mm-hmm. And you know you're going to push through. You know you're going to succeed. And every time, every time it's happened, every single time, mm-hmm. that something's like, ah, kick me in the nuts. You yep. know what I mean? Every single time it's came back better. You know, what are you I'm say? laughing thinking about the different times. In fact, I mean, even just the recovery loft right mm-hmm. now. Like, is that the way that I had planned it to be? No, not at all. Every time I turned around, there was something else. We found, like, had the contractor come in, take a look at it, and, like, you can't do what you wanted to do and put stuff mm-hmm. up there. And I was like, all right, well, what about this? So, like, you could, but you'd have to do, you know, this extra work for the yeah. drain and whatnot. Yep. Talk to him about the back wall. Can't do that. Next plan. Can't do that. And it's just, like, one kick in the teeth after yep. another about, I had this vision in my head of exactly what it was going to be, but it never crossed my mind Well, it's like, it can't happen now because it isn't what I originally thought. It's just different. Yeah. And when it works, it's going to work well. It yeah. might not look like what I thought it was going to. It might not be what I thought it was going to be, but it's going to work. Yep. And that's going to happen. Fuck. Over. <laughs> if, you're, if you want to be an entrepreneur, that's going to happen a lot. You're going to be like, man, this is such a great idea. It's going to work. And then it doesn't work. If you cannot divert and pivot and go through another door, you're fucked. Just get out. Just go back to go find a job, get your, your weekly paycheck and that's where you belong. And that's fine. You know, not everyone is an entrepreneur. The biggest bullshit right now on the internet is that everyone's an entrepreneur and everyone can hack it. I have seen you guys fail. Mm -hmm. I have watched people. The little bit of adversity they see, they fucking run quick. Right. And it's funny to watch because you'll see people talk this big fucking game online or, you know, yeah, I'm so, I want to do this or whatever. The first hit in adversity, they're gone. Just what, and what are you doing now? Because you keep running from everything mm-hmm. during your life. So you end up nowhere. The same people that I saw running from everything back in my early 20s, mid 20s, are the same people still running from shit now. 
you know. Just running from different stuff. Yep. And you'll do that the rest of your life. You'll never punch the ticket. And that's the thing is like, if you really want to get into being a true entrepreneur, and I'm not talking like, no, not to shit on anyone, but you don't, you know, this is where I'm not talking about you sell like your, basically your body online or whatever. Like I'm not talking about dumb shit, you know, like the, the, the whole like, used bath water and yeah selling your bath water or whatever hey more power to you if you can get away with that i i'm not knocking your revenue stream what i'm knocking is you're not like really an entrepreneur so i put you in a business situation you wouldn't know what the fuck to do right you know you wouldn't have a clue if you went in somewhere with actual inventory and had to figure stuff out you wouldn't have a clue right mm. um if if you had to go even get a commercial space you wouldn't have a clue of what to do Right. Um, taxes, you know what I mean? Like there's all kinds of shit that goes into this. It's not just like you start a business or you start a LLC and all of a sudden you're an entrepreneur. You're, if you're an entrepreneur, you, you find ways to make money. That is your life. Your entire life is service to people and finding ways to make money essentially and creating some sort of value as we said before. That's pretty much what your life boils down to. And I can't yeah. think of too many industries outside of, um, well, I mean, I, I can't think of too many industries where you're, you're not in a service to somebody or, a, you know, a product to somebody, which is kind of service to people, mm-hmm. um, in constantly looking for ways to build your wealth or build revenue. Yeah. And I've had, fuck, how many ideas have I came in here with? over the years, like different things uh, that I wanted to start or different yeah. things I was looking into. Um, you know, people see me post about trading and stuff like that. Who do you think taught that to me? I did have a buddy. He worked at uh, a firm. Mm-hmm. He showed me a couple like, here's what a call option is. Here's what a put option is. And, you know, check out the IV. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he didn't really like explain a whole lot, but like a little bit, you know, it's like, all right, I still don't get it, <laughs> like, but I fuck, I fucking learned. Mm-hmm. It took me a little bit, and I taught myself. Am I great at it? No. Am I am I all right? Yeah, at times, you know. Um, but I've found resources that I know I can get better at it. Mm-hmm. Right. When I uh, we were thinking about you know being out on Milton and doing coffee shop, I studied coffee. I started studying margins. I started starting like where do you get the beans from? Mm-hmm. How many beans should you get? How many beans go into a cup? You know, well, how much is a bag of beans? You know, yeah. how many cups does that make? Basically, right. start breaking it down. Then I start breaking down, well, how much could we sell those cups for? You know, how much does a cup actually cost? Like the cup itself, you know, and I start breaking down all these things. And that idea never came off of paper. Do you know what I mean? For now. And... That's the problem is people get these good ideas at night when they go to bed. Mm-hmm. The next morning, they forget about it, right? When I get a good idea, I study it and I become obsessed with it and I break everything down mm-hmm. and I look into it. I look deeper into it and I, you know what I mean? And I find a way that if I wanted to do it, it would work. I can do it. Yep. I might fuck it up at first, but I'm going to figure <laughs> out a way to to win again, like I've always been able to 
pivot and go through another door and figure it out. Well, I mean, heck, you know? think of the conversations that we had when the pandemic hit at first. People weren't coming into the gym, mm-hmm. and we were like, well, what if we were to rent out equipment? Yeah. How would we do that? And yeah. like it turned into this hour-long conversation of like, all right, what would the numbers be if we yeah. rented trucks and did that? What would it be if we just had people come pick it up? Yeah. And, and nothing came out of it. We didn't end up doing those things. Yeah. Like we gave but, away equipment. People came and picked right. it up themselves. Yeah. But that's the mindset of yeah. people in the room of how do we make a win out of this? How do we yeah. find a way to make money yeah. despite the circumstances going all to hell? Yeah. Yep. How could you train people online? You know, it's funny is during that time I had, uh, you know, things are in financial ruin. You don't know what's going on. The entire, you know, first six months of the pandemic, I think I had one person that dropped off. Really? One person. You know, so that, that shows some dedication, one for my clients, but like we were on it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was doing everything I could, you know, to make sure like some of my, they weren't fortunate. They're not around here. They had really no gym equipment. I had to divert. And luckily I know enough about so many different ways to work out. Mm-hmm. I was able to give them workouts based on shit they had around the house or what they had access to, you know? So um so yeah if you if you want to be an entrepreneur like you have to be able to do these things you have to be able to understand that there's going to be times when you don't get to go do what you want to do you don't get to go um it's not just something that creates passive income i think we talked about this before Mm. um you know people will Look that, okay, it's passive income year three and then I'm set. Fuck no. Look up the average business statistics. And we gave this out before that a lot of them fail within the first couple of years. A lot of them even more fail within the first five years. Yeah. You know, um, we're over seven years in. I'm, you know, going 13 years in the industry. So I've pretty much been self-employed this entire time. Right. And when you... when you get to these levels and you start to see that there's nothing that can really, how do I say it? Like you're you build so much momentum. You've been through so many ups, downs, you know, this happens, that happens that you get to a point where you really don't give a fuck. And I promise you now you're going to get quote unquote haters. You will get, and I'm not, and some of you just deserve hate cause you're fucking retarded, but <laughs> you know, you're going to get haters. Like it's, it's the way it is. You start being successful. Other people are going to be like, well, they're doing it. I can't, they get, there is jealousy involved. I have watched it so many times happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially in fitness. Like you will have people that are common people that come to your gym that think that they can be a gym owner and be like where you're at as an athlete and things like that. If you are an athlete and they will literally get jealous of what you have. I've had some of my best friends tell me shit like that. Like, not in a condescending way, not like, man, I'm fucking jealous of what you have, but like literally like, man, I wish I had your life. I tell him, no, you don't. Like, it seems fun mm. and it looks fun. You wish you had the results of my You wish life. you had the results. You don't yeah. want my life. You don't want to go through what I went through to get here. I mm. promise you that. And I can go all day on that. Like, there, I'll give you five things and you'll be like, fuck, no, don't I'm want good. your life, you know? Um, And even now, like, it is work. It is not like, sure, 
you know, I'm getting to the point where my summers might be a little bit more fun than they used to be. You know, um, there are times that I'm going to take time back because that's how I'm in this sort of the long game, mm-hmm. right? If I don't do that, I'm not going to be able to be here 15, 20 years from now. Right. You know, so I, I'm tactfully taking my rest points, right? Mm-hmm. And that's hard as a yeah. business owner because you literally might see revenue coming in that you could capitalize on, but you can't take it or you can't get to it. Maybe you couldn't get to it in time. They go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, you know what? At some point, and I struggled with this, at some point, it's got to be okay that they go somewhere else and you didn't get to it in time and you were able to relax instead. That's a tough one. And it's tough because yeah. I, I, I've i seen it, you know, and it's like, man, what, what could that have been? You know, what could that have turned into? You never know, right? So Because we all have the client that just happened to walk through the door. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out that you get like 15 people from them. Yeah. Or they spend an absurd amount of right. money themselves. Or, it, they yeah. keep coming back. Or they're they loyal supporter forever. Yeah. Um, and you just happen you know. to be there to catch it at the right time. And yeah. then you start seeing, is this next person, are they going to be that same are they thing? Be that, or are they going to be a pain in the ass? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But but you, if you chase it that way all the time, and, and I've gotten to that point before where it's like, I'm answering emails at 1030 at night about gym signups. Yeah. Like, I don't need to be fucking doing that. Like, uh, it's not, you know, at some point it's like, you got to shut it off and answer it in the morning. And if they found a different gym, yeah, you know, that day or whatever, that's fine. Now, like the people I've access to the email, I'm very big on that. Like, Hey, get back to them as quick as possible because I want them scheduled and in here within 72 hours. That's mm-hmm. kind of our rule. Right. If we can swing as long as it's not a weird day or a holiday or something. Um, that's kind of our goal, right? But there's some that we're going to miss. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so you have to be able to take those those steps back to move forward, right? Um, the passive side of it, all right? Let me tell you something. The biggest thing, the best thing you can do is wait to pay yourself. Whenever you open a, a business, you start a business, whatever the hell you're doing, wait to pay yourself. Because if you wait to pay yourself, it's going to do a couple things. One, it's going to build an incentive to stay focused. You're not going to deter from uh, what you're doing, right? And it's going to keep you hungry. So if you live very simple and you're making good cash flow and you're not paying yourself that cash flow and you're reinvesting it in your company. You're going to, and it depends, we won't get into tax incentives if you have different businesses, but let's just say um, you're an LLC. All right. Where basically the money you make is you anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you keep it that way and keep reinvesting in there, one, it, it somewhat, it, it will lower your tax burden because you're reinvesting in your company. Um, and you get depreciation and blah, blah, blah. All right. But two, it keeps you wanting more. Like you're not satisfied with that paycheck. You know, some people, they start to make that, uh, man, I pulling like I'm getting 500 bucks a week pay right now. I'm not even really doing nothing. Cool. You know, then it turns into 1500, then it turns into two grand and they're like, they're happy about that. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, at some point, you have to take what you need to live. Yes. Please do that. Right. Please eat, sleep, 
have housing. We're not saying don't pay your bills. Yeah. Pay your bills. Don't, don't, you know, live in a ditch. But when you're sitting there reinvesting it, you're going to watch your business grow and you're going to watch more revenues come in mm-hmm. and more revenues. And you, you, you focus on acquisitions. And again, that line of pay kind of goes up, you know, you slowly trail it, you know? Yeah. And as it goes up, your pay starts to go up. Your lifestyle can go up a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a little bit of aggressive person, so there are times that I like to cautiously, in a way, which is kind of funny for. <laughs> I'm not really, yeah. You know, I'm cautious, but not, you know. Okay. Getting to the the more cautious side, okay. but I still take a lot of risk, right? Um. I will do things to make myself uncomfortable to be able to go get more uh, revenue. So, okay. Explain that one. What I mean by that is I might spend some money on something. I might buy something. Mm -hmm. I might bring the lifestyle up a little bit to where now I need to make more money to cover that. So it forces you into it. Forces me to be better mm-hmm. forces me to dive more in and, and do whatever I have to do to make money. So it's like, I'm starting out again. I'm right back in the trenches, oh, okay. right back in the beginning. And I'm out here just trying to gobble up as much as I can and do as much as I can. And what that does usually is produce more cash flow, mm-hmm. produce more revenue, right? As long as you kind of trail things right and do things right, you're all right. Right. Um, same thing with like, if you take out a large business loan, all right, smart because you're not using necessarily your money, you're using mm-hmm. the bank's money, and we won't go to that legal side of that, you know, helping you. But um, when you go and take their money, well, you have to pay it back. So now you're going to get hungry to pay that loan back. So hopefully they'll give you more money. So hopefully you can get even bigger. Right. Right. So it's a gain. Right. And a lot of people, um, they don't do that. They start paying themselves a little bit of money and they get satisfied at that level. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, I'm living comfortable. I'm making this much. Everything's good. You know, that's fine. Um, and hey, like if your thing is you're very much uh, work-life balance and highly on the life balance side, um, good luck being an entrepreneur. But at the same time, like if that's what you want to do, Okay, but that revenue might not be there in five years any at all. It right. might be gone completely. Um, or it'll cap out. And you thought at 24, 25, 26, 27 years old, that was good money. But now you're 40 and mm-hmm. you're making the same amount. And you're like, fuck, that wasn't enough. Look right. at inflation. You know, if, we're, if we really want to go down that route, um, the cost of everything's went up. Has your pay increased? Have you raised your rates? Have you, you know what I mean? Right. Like you got to take that in consideration. Um, So you have to monitor all these little things when it comes to that. But if you're not hungry to go get more and become too satisfied too early, you are fucked. You are fucked. Okay. Like you need to be hungry and keep moving. And there are times, like I said, you'll tactfully take a step back, look around, right. see what's going on, stay in, you know, 
a cash load position even. So maybe you're making money, you're not putting it into the business, but you're not spending it. Maybe you got an investment portfolio, which is smart, by the way, put in an investment portfolio. Um, or maybe you're just putting in the business and the business has a bunch of cash. Cash is king, right? Mm-hmm. Let it sit, let it simmer. And then when you see opportunity, you fucking attack and you chop everyone's head off. So <laughs> seriously, that's how it works. Like you sit on an ass load of cash and then an opportunity comes up. What if, what if tomorrow someone came in and was like, Hey, Dan, I got an opportunity. Like it would involve you. You know what? I want the gym too to come here. Like she's an orthopedic doctor. I don't know. Let's just throw that out there. Okay. All right. I'm just thinking of someone that's got a little bit of wealth probably. And mm-hmm. you know, tenured, 20 years in orthopedic doctors. Like, you know what? I think you'd be a good fit for our clientele for rehab. You guys got a gym setting that, you know, might be a little bit much, but you know what? I like what these people have told me about what you've done for them mm-hmm. uh, on the rehab side, on the prehab side, on the recovery side, on the PT side, all this stuff. So I want you guys to come to this opportunity, but I need you to throw a hundred grand in, right? Somehow, some way. Right. Like instantly you think, let me talk to the bank and use their money. Mm-hmm. But if you have, let's say you go to the bank and they're like, sorry, no economy. We don't know where it's going. Um, you know, we can't loan you the money. Or we can loan you 25 grand of it, 30 grand, 40 grand, 50 grand, whatever. Yeah. Because uh, you have a large cash position. That's fine. We will trust to give you 50% of what you have. We expect you to cover the rest kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's sometimes what they'll do. So now you have cash to be able to use on the opportunity that can dramatically blow you up, right? Right. What do you think big companies do? When they get a bunch of cash, you know what they do? They buy the little company. You know, mm-hmm. so, um, or they merge with something or that, you know what I mean? They figure out a way, like, how does this work for everyone? Um, and then they get bigger. Right. Right. So if you're constantly looking, I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Like I've been broke enough in my life that I know like money solves a lot of shit. All right. <laughs> Doesn't mean you don't need to prioritize the things that you need to prioritize, right? Right. Um, like I don't negotiate things like with my um, with my fitness. I always tell people this when they ask me like, "Hey, do you think like I've been asked? Do you think Dane's worth it? Like this and that?" And I think it's like a opinion of mine. And mm-hmm. of course, I can give years of like, "Well, this is what happened when I had this," you know. Right. Um, but I tell them, the first thing I say almost every time is I make no compromises with my fitness. Because remember when I, I tore out my back, I paid you, what, $400 a month, I think. Like, I saw you like twice a week. It this was back sizable. In yeah. midnight. Like, yeah. I, I, it was a roundabout. You know, I yeah. remember I was seeing you like two to three times a week, mm-hmm. paying whatever your session rate was. So, you know, we can do the math there. Yeah. But it, it was whatever it took at the time, mm-hmm. you know, to get to get me better. Um, You know, I paid for coaches that a little more expensive, uh, you know, but I saw value in doing that. Right. Right. Um, so there's certain areas that like, I don't negotiate that, you know, I, I will do what I need to do for fitness. That makes sense. Or competing or whatever. Now, obviously like I'm not on that side, but I'm still, there's still things that I do. I don't eat like a slob all that often, but you know what I mean? I, I buy, certain 
um, you know, meats. I buy certain fruits and things because I don't negotiate that. That's my food. That's my health. My, okay. you know, and that's what I'm going to do. Um, certain supplements. I may be a little hesitant. You know, I don't, I don't want to just buy every, I'm not a, not one of those people I just, oh, I heard this supplement's great and just buy it all of a sudden and try it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you guinea pig yourself sometimes. Oh, constantly. But <laughs> I just, I don't do that side of it. But, um, you know, and there's certain things like in my personal life, like there's a certain amount of money that goes into my investment account. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't negotiate that. The only time I have is if I'm putting the money instead into my business or, um, you know, this summer I w- we were waiting on, uh, a real estate sale to go through. So yeah, I spent some money to go have fun because I knew my real estate money was going to kind of cover that. Okay. Anyway. So there's very few times that I'm ever like, that money's gone already. I don't even make that money. Right. Do you know what it's, I mean? It's out of sight, is, out of mind. It is, it is gone. Yep. So when I live my life, I live off of X, right? In that Y that goes into there is already, it doesn't even fucking exist for all I care. Mm-hmm. It's just gone. Right. Um, <clears throat> the same thing happens in business, right? So some people squirrel away a certain X amount, 5% of profits, 10% of profits, whatever mm-hmm. goes into a separate account or a business savings or a something. And then they use that money. That's the, their war chest, you know, as people call it in business, like that is their money to go expand. Like when you decide to do all this stuff, mm-hmm. you, you know, there's probably, you probably looked and like, okay, how much is all this going to cost? Yep. All right. I need to take the steps to get there. Um, or, okay, how can I leverage this to play in my favor? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of the name of the game, right? You just have to be able to, again, be tactful about it because if you end up on the wrong side of shit like i did and you expand and you take a bank's money and all that stuff and you put in a lot of your own money mm-hmm. and then a pandemic hits and you know <laughs> what I mean? then uh now all your trainers run out of the gym you're gonna take a fucking large hit and i've went over this many times um you know an accumulative source it's we're in the hundreds of thousands of dollars that was lost somehow some way right um, which is a fucking hard pill to swallow. Yeah. Um, when you add in just everything involved in it and, um, that is, that's business. That's taking risk. That's entrepreneurship. If you're afraid to fail, don't go into entrepreneurship. Like, well, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You should be afraid to fail because then you're going to care. But if you are afraid that if you fail, you're done, just don't do it. Yeah. Because if you if you think that way, if you think, oh, if I fail, I'm done, you're fucked. Because you're going to fail. Yeah. You know how many people are, are multi-millionaire, billion, billionaires probably? I mean, I, I guarantee I could find a few uh, at least worth $100 million that failed multiple things before they found their one thing. Or their two thing. Probably continue to fail on other things going through. Within that. Yeah. Yeah. And that happens all the time. Um, And it happens at every level. So, you know, I don't want to get into 
too many like because we can go down that rabbit hole of uh, famous people right now that are in that you know business leaders right now that are in that dilemma um but you will fuck things up you will quote unquote not fail you will get knocked back i mean that that's all there is to it if you fail it's cuz you fucking gave up that's that's all there is to it besides some extra like if you come th- like you open a business and something crazy happens to you health wise, you know, the next year, that's understandable. You know, you have no choice. Like it is what it is kind of thing, you know, but maybe there's something else you can do, you know, or whatever. Um, you know, there, there are things that do happen and happen to good businesses that causes the downfall. And that's why a lot of businesses don't survive. Right. Um, it's a shitty thing to balance and it will stress you the fuck out. But again, this is entrepreneurship. Yep. It's how it is when you try to own a business. So, um, were you writing something down? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to go over something. Um, yeah. One, one thing I had, uh, not long ago, was a guy was asking me about, um, you know, the little things in business. Like, if people have questions, like you can always ask. Like, I I give you my experience in it, but, um, you know, with like taxes and things like that. Like, first of all, go to like a tax professional because they're gonna be able to tell you everything. Mm-hmm. And there's stuff I screwed up in the very beginning, and it was like I'm sure I was a headache for them at first. Um, where you don't realize it's a write-off or you don't realize like you marked it wrong in your books or, you know, whatever it's going to happen. Um, you get the message from them saying that you can't qualify for this. You, yeah, you've done that three years. Oh yeah. (laughs) And that's the other thing. Like if, I mean, if you're not, if you're not keeping books, when, really say you're an entrepreneur in a way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like unless you're selling you some shit. You gotta get good at making, keeping to, the books. Yeah, if you're trying to avoid some shit, you're gonna get caught. I'll just tell you that now. Um, unless you're selling drugs or something, then probably <laughs> probably don't keep the books. But, um, you know, it's there's, there's people that are doing this where they're, you know, using different avenues and – they're not keeping books like how do you even know what your depreciation or write-offs are going to be like your inventory you know what I mean like how do you even know mm. when you go to a tax professional they're going to ask you for this stuff and if you sound all confused that that they can deny signing off on your taxes and they won't do them now someone shady out there will that wants to take that yeah. risk with their career but there are some that will like yeah we'll do your taxes but we're not signing off on them like you can send them in yourself, but we won't sign yeah. off on them, you know, um, because they don't believe the numbers, you know, mm-hmm. and that happened when we were buying out that company next door, um, to build out that gym. I sent it over to my accountant and he's like, dude, he's like a lot of numbers in there. Don't look right. As far as oh, really? like how round they were. And like, he could tell, he's like, I can tell he's cooking those up a bit. It's hmm. like, I wouldn't trust it. 
He's like, I was like, all right, well, that just gave him, that just, that gave me more ammo to give a lower offer. Yeah. You know? And I knew that I saw it. You know what I mean? Um, there was only like three things I could absolutely guarantee on, um, on the revenue side. I already knew what the space kind of cost cause we're in a, the same space. Yeah. But, um, as far as what they were bringing in, there was only three things I could confirm because they were three contractors in there that paid rent. And okay. I could confirm what they paid by talking yep. to them. <laughs> so that's about the only thing we could really guarantee, um, you know, besides like what kind of was charged before for different things. And then we came up with our own stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, where are we at on time? I, I could go all day on this. Uh, one hour, 17 minutes. Okay. Well, um, do you got anything to add? I'm taking notes for myself on yeah. some of this stuff. <laughs> The accounting thing is a big one. It seems like one of those really just common sense things, but Mm -hmm. uh, not just keeping books, but like find a good accountant. Mm -hmm. Like however you need to go about doing that, talk to people who have one or you're going to get to a point. It's similar to what we were saying earlier, like stay as small as you can, like take care of as much of it as you can until like you realize like you're just out of your depth. Yeah. And get a good accountant, someone who's yeah. going to help you out because you're right. They're going to so find things I, that you overlook. Like I do my own, um, I use QuickBooks. I do my own books. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this past, this was last year's taxes. Um, Tax County, it's a big firm here. He said, hey, like we have to up our rates just because there's so many companies, just PPP stuff's driving them crazy. Like, He's like, I don't know if it's going to be worth it for a business your size. He's like, I'm, you know, I'll do them if you want me to. But like this guy over here is a lot cheaper, Um, you know, and I felt like, okay, maybe he's like trying to be nice and tell me like, hey, like we have to work with these really large companies on their PPP bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, because we, you know, us being uh, 1099, I don't have employees, you know, Uh, my PPP stuff was not the same as these other companies um so you know he kind of referred he said this guy used to work over there i'm like okay like fuck if i can get like 40 percent off what i'd normally pay i'll try it Hmm. fired the guy within two weeks um he fucked up our 1099s and then he also fucked up um or i'm sorry he the 1099s were right but he fucked up on my tax stuff he didn't even have all their information. He was already like, yeah, here you go. I'm like, hold on a minute. I still have all this stuff to send you. Yeah. And um, it was like, there was something else before that too. I think I had sent him something and like, he didn't ask a question or miss something. And like all, all, all told, like he would have made me pay like $70,000 more in taxes. Whoa. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, yeah, we're not on the same page. And I've, Fired him, went back over to where I was. I told him, I was like, I don't care what it cost. I know they're getting done. Everything's getting done right here. And we're on the same page. Like I told him about what happened. I'm like, he should have asked about that. And he's like, oh yeah. Like, you know, that it's like, he probably should have, yep. you know? So, um, yeah, kind of a quick story there. Like find yourself good, good backing of accountants, attorneys, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. 
Uh, I have a lot of attorneys I can go to. I mean, my like I have like a if I go in there to talk, like it's more than just one attorney sitting there. So that's like if you want to fuck around and find out, yeah, like, I will. They will bury you. Um, yeah. So I, you know, find yourself good backing on on everything. Find you know, negotiate. Well, not negotiate. Talk to the bank. Get to know the bank. Get to know who who's lending the most in the area. Um, I know this area is Huntington, um, and I think that's nationwide, probably. I would imagine if they're doing that many loans in this area. I mean, they just absolutely blow everyone out of the water for small business loans, uh, the amount of them that they do. So um, on the loan front, you won't get a loan off the start usually unless I have no clue. <laughs> um, I mean, I made it to that last tier. I had a, a lot of cash. Uh and they still, they wanted to see two years of actual, your business open brick and mortar. It didn't matter what I did in training before. They're like, the only thing that I can, is like, you have a good business plan. You have money, you know, which is, mm -hmm. you're, you're going to use your own cash. And I've explained before how I got around yeah. and, and done everything that I did. But, um, yeah, I think, you know. If people just understand that, like, everyone's got their own path. You're not, you don't have to be an entrepreneur. You don't have to be a coach in fitness just because you work out. You know, you don't have to do any of this stuff. Like, there's so many ways to uh, make an income in this world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I understand. Like, this, like, everything that we just talked about is really just, like, the beginning of it. So if you hear this yeah. and you get scared, like it's just, it's not for you. Yeah. It's a, I mean, we're not. <laughs> You're allowed to have a side hustle that makes you, you know, a couple hundred bucks. And like, that's just your thing that you do after work. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. You know, maybe you train a couple of people, but you still have your nine to five. Yeah. All right. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to try to turn that into something more and tell yourself like, oh, I need to get an accountant and uh, I need to make sure that I'm prepping with business accounts and talking to banks mm. and stuff. It's like, you're not going there. But if you do hear these things and you say, oh, they're right. Yeah. I didn't think of that. I should be doing this. Like, that's probably the mindset of an entrepreneur right yeah. there. Well, the hard part is like, especially with the online world, and I've said this before, everyone thinks that if they're an online coach, they can just work from wherever they want. They just need their computer and they can sit around and, mm -hmm. you know, just answer emails whenever and get back to clients. It's some of these people are fraudulent as fuck They're scam scam artists. I mean, there's no other way to yeah. get around it. Um, and we've all seen it. I've seen it, you know, um, it is not the same to do online stuff and have an actual business that you go to and do things in, uh, not even close. No. So all these internet entrepreneurs that you see, most of them won't fail like a brick and mortar business will, because how do you fail when you go to zero and you have no clients, you have no overhead, right? Right. All well and good. Hey, you got no overhead. That's awesome, man. But unless you can get a, a ton of clients or a ton of people on your training system or something or a ton of people doing whatever or your OnlyFans, 
Good luck making as much as a as brick and mortar places. Mm-hmm. It's very rare. People don't realize how rare it is. So, small offshoot for that. How many clients do you think a coach, like a new coach, could actually handle and still provide quality? And I know it's going to depend, obviously, on the person and what it is that they're in, coaching in person or online. Online. <sighs> Well, if they're brand new, they probably shouldn't be online. They probably should be in person learning and watching to help. I'm just saying that, like the brand new coaches that just, they go right away to online and they want to try to get as many as they can. I mean, five or under. Because, you know, like you don't, you don't even know, you might think you know how things work and how the body moves and um, this and that, but people are just watching what this person over here says is a um, solidified coach. And they just regurgitate what they said. And if, as long as you sound halfway relevant, you know, we had a girl that came in here that. It's <laughs> one of the funniest things. Her coach is like, does 50 things, doesn't, you know, I've never even heard of her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, sloppy lifter, you know, this is Olympic lifting. She had her hired, hired Dan. And then she said she needed to go see her other weightlifting coach. Dan's like, no, no, no. I like only one person's your coach. You're gonna have to pick coaches. Guess who she got rid of? <laughs> she got rid of Dan. Really? Who? Hold the fuck up! <laughs> like I had to like I was like, wait, what? Like you're you ditched someone who puts people at a at a national level of fucking Olymp- Olympian, right? Yeah. Has people out there that are ranked very very high consistently mm-hmm. and you go to this like level one certain nasm trainer who's a bodybuilder for your olympic lifting <laughs> hold up wow <laughs> hold up <laughs> you know but that's how fucked up online stuff can be because i'm just thinking about the number of coaches that you see that have hundreds of clients mm-hmm and yet say that they're getting, and I know we've talked about it multiple times, but I feel like it's relevant. They have multiple, or they have hundreds of clients, and they say that they're getting personalized programming. They're not. It's like, how do people not see that? They're not. How do they not understand? But, like, at a certain point, yeah. you can't possibly answer all those emails. What you do is you group them. You group them. Like, 20 people are on the same thing. Um, you might change a little bit here and there, and it's just like spreadsheeted out kind of in a way. Mm-hmm. You just copy, paste, put it over, adjust it, whatever. So I've got and that's 150 why and like One of my selling here. points is when I tell people, I say, you will never see yourself doing the same thing as someone else. You might both squat that day, and maybe, I mean, it'd be rare. Maybe mm-hmm. the reps are the same in volume. Maybe. But you won't see like, that's why all my programming is RPE-based, or um, which that can still be templated but it's numbers a lot of times i say what numbers to do mm-hmm. um <clears throat> percentages and rpe base can all be templated pretty fucking easily um put it this way now my i get it i i have a brick and more gym so there's there's a little bit more to worry about in a sense mm-hmm. I, I get that um but me like when i have like 50 clients Let's say that is a lot of messages that I get. Yeah. It's plenty of emails that I get, you know, uh, I was just telling a 
clients, I, clients this morning, we were just randomly talking. I said, like, there's very rarely a time I pick up my phone. I don't have a message somewhere for something. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, as far as for my profession, I'm not talking like people texting me. Right. Whatever. I'm talking like for my profession. So to be able to take on uh, that many people individually, very hard to do. Very hard to do. Yeah. Um, I've seen it that people are just on the same shit. I've seen that a lot. Um, I've been told by people that I've trained after they come from some of these coaches Mm -hmm. how thankful they are that it was actually individualized coaching because they didn't, they didn't get that where they were before actually getting what they're paying for. Yeah. And I, you know, you might not get, again, I don't babysit. So you're not going to get like books and books and books of feedback. Right. right? But you will get what's needed. Yeah. So building up to having, let's say 50 clients. I mean, did you create systems along the way to help you out? Not in the sense of like these 20 people on a template. Yeah. So but what things I, that were more streamlined for you. To yeah. Make it more what efficient. I, and this is again, for those listening, you screw me up when you do this. Um, so every, <laughs> basically, uh, I'm la- I don't mean to kill your momentum, no. but I'm laughing, thinking about who's going to repost this <laughs> next week after it comes out going, Oh, he's talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> when check-ins, for nutrition are Friday and Saturday mornings and they check in a Saturday night or a mm-hmm. Sunday and then I can't get to it. Um, especially if you check in on a Sunday, like you might, I might not get to it until maybe midday Monday or Tuesday. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and that's not because I'm going to sit there and ignore you because you're late, even though I might for a couple hours or, you know, whatever, um, or whatever. I feel like it's my time to answer emails. Mm-hmm. That is my time to answer you. And then, the other time is my time or my time to do whatever, my time to be with my family. You know right. what I mean? It's already allocated. For so something. like when you're late on that stuff, you know, so what I do is I am typically depends what, what's going on. So let's say on Monday, so on my computer, you know, I'm always, uh, oh God, I gotta scratch my back. Um, I'm always, you know, aware of like the market, no business news on. I'll start my week, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, might be emails, might be scheduling stuff. It, it, hell, I might even be in here doing whatever. But when I sit down to do programs, I look who's on deloads. On like a Monday, I can start their program that are coming out of deloads because if you fuck yourself up during a deload, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It, it, That's a it, whole different conversation. I mean, it can happen yeah. outside the gym, but it should never really happen in the gym. Um so I can start on week one of the next block for them, knowing that if something did go wrong, we can always go back and adjust, right? Mm-hmm. As you roll through the week, you start to pull each person and start to get it done, depending on priority of where they're at in the block, where they're at in their training, where they're at in their training week. So by Wednesday, some people have three days done already. So it gets a little bit easier to start the, you know, their program for the next week, mm-hmm. assuming things are going to go right through the week. Cause I'm doing feedback every day, right. Um, where I'm seeing their videos, they're giving me a little synopsis of like the weight they did, how it felt mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, usually I prefer just give me the weight. That's 
I'll see it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm going to know what it looks like. We'll banter back and forth if we need to. Um, Some like coaches do um, like Josh Bryant, for example, I had to do a, I filled out a spreadsheet. Um, I think I did that for myself. I can't remember if I sent that to him or not. I think I might've sent the spreadsheet through email, but I also included a link to a, um, so you didn't DM him your videos. You created a private Instagram or private, uh, YouTube and okay. then you sent him the link and then he watched the YouTube and you had to compress. I imagine if I, I always want to do this to my clients. He had you, so you had to trim all videos and compress all videos into one video. Think of that. You I want to make my clients do that and see how many actually do it. How many stay on for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's what had to be done. That was his procedure. He's my coach. That's what had to be done. Got it. Never laid on it. Nothing. Right. Um, and then other coaches like Trevor has where you just send your spreadsheet, uh, of what you did for the week and then a synopsis of how you did. Now you can send videos during the week, you know, Mm -hmm. but like with him, his, his whole system was like, he prefers give me the synopsis and email. Cause if you say it, and I'm like this too. If you DM me something on a Tuesday about your program, it's it's kind of hard sometimes to remember if I'm doing your program on a Friday, right? What the hell you told me on a Tuesday? And and that some clients get lost in that, where they'll um, I've had some send me long paragraphs in Instagram, and I immediately say email that because one for me to sit there and read that. Come on now, mm-hmm. um, I'm opening these because I'm looking for a video and how you're doing, you know. Right. Two, if we have a conversation about it, I may, I may not remember it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it's very, it can be very hard, you know, so you almost have to go back, find them on Instagram and your messages, go in and look at your conversation or whatever. If you kind of, I'm pretty good at it, but I've missed shit before, you know? So that's why I try to have uh, this search system where I can just like see it. I can take my own little notes, figure it out. If there's something serious that goes on, you know, or if it's something off topic, email it, you know, mm-hmm. so, um, but when, once I got that routine down again, wrenches get thrown in that all the time. Something goes wrong with the gym. Something comes up wherever. Um, and I have to adapt to that, you know, but I try to stay to a schedule my programs generally I send out between Thursday and Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. I always tell people like, if you don't have it by Saturday midday, email me. Cause unless I'm traveling, um, you know, you know, it might not came through or whatever. So, but if you don't have that and play and, and then you're just going to be scatterbrained running all over the place and then you'll never get shit done. all twisted oh man let's see what the market's doing everybody here's your market update <laughs> S&P is at 41.69 uh, looks like we're gonna try to bump up we might touch close to 4200 again I have to see where the 50 day in 20 day or convert or 50 to 20 goddamn or below the 20 200 should be coming down. Yeah, we might. It's hard to tell. Top side, 4,200. Unless we decide to break through that. 42. 
28. I don't know. Layering a little level support in this mid 4100s. But we going down. So I'm going to tell you now. I'm calling it. We're going to retest some lows in the next two months. So that's your market update. Glad I sold my puts a little bit ago for some profit. Because now I don't have to worry about them. And then I'll probably enter more if we do pop up. That was your market update. All right. For those of us still with us. Yeah. If you're still with us, you actually give a shit about life and entrepreneurship and being successful. I'll tell you, you know, for those that are still with us, hello, um, you know, getting back to this, this money thing real quick before we get off here is like, you know, I can remember at a point in my life, like, where I thought, man, like, it'd be cool just to like make X amount, right? Then that increased. I'm like, oh man, it'd be cool to just make this much. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it'd be cool just to make this much. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you don't have that leveling up mindset, at some point you have to, you do have to weigh your options of how comfortable you want to be and uncomfortable you want to be, you know, because you can keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing and it might fucking kill you. Um, but if you're not really content, find a way to do more, make more, benefit more, help more, produce more value, whatever. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, some people, it's not monetary. You know, some people do nonprofits and they're very successful at nonprofits and that's what they love to do. Mm -hmm. Cool. You know what I mean? But it, it you have to just kind of pick your own path and figure out what you want to do and understand that like what you might think is good money coming from your business is usually not like think think 20 times that cuz that's your potential 30 times that right. you never know you know what i mean you literally have no clue what it could be so right what do you what do you got got something no, just no. taking show notes. All right. Well, I think we'll jump off here. Might as well. Probably need to eat. So, anyway, hopefully that helps somebody. Um, if you do actually listen to this, uh, share the podcast. Um, so, what was this, episode 71? 71. Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff on here. There's a lot of uh, different topics we go over. And there's a lot of different things on life that we've talked about, uh, health, fitness, business, all that. So if you like it, share it, show it to other people, have them listen, do what you do. If not, we'll just continue to sit here and talk to ourselves. It's fine. (laughs) All right. That's it. Have a good one.